Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laity Podcast. Welcome back to the Laity Podcast. This is Andrew here with Stephen, and this is episode 10 without a guest. Uh, but Stephen is is on the other line of Skype as always, although in transition, he's homeless right now. Stephen bought a house. I think he's, uh, was it a, now I say technically a mansion if it's eight bedrooms or. You know, I mean, so it has a bonus room. <laughs> Like so that, it, that could it be a could seven. Be nine. Yeah, it could yeah. be nine. <laughs> because eight really, I mean, it's just not complete without the bonus. You know what I mean? Well, that's, like what, that's, of, what, that's what put me over the edge. I thought it was one of those like office, but could be a bedroom because it has a window. Like it was, could be a counted as a whatever. Yeah, the one thing that's wrong, I mean, the the, the, the heated floor, the floors aren't heated in that room like they are everywhere else. So oh, it's, it's, it it's it's a little bit of a tough spot. Maybe we'll have you stay there when you come in town. Yeah, we'll have to. Well, hey, now seriously, congrats <laughs> on the buying a home you're officially uh settling down three kids in a house later yes sir we're uh yeah we're, we're excited it's been crazy i'm still wrapping my mind around the amount of debt that i'm in at the moment and what all that means but it's pretty uh we're excited man it's nice to be able to post up meet neighbors you know we're, we're already uh we've already we're, we're actually moving just right around the corner from where we've been so you know all the a lot of the relationships with some of the older folks in the neighborhood we're uh we'll be able to to keep up with and, and just kind of keep trucking along. So awesome, we're excited. that's great. Well, excited for you. And, uh, certainly in terms of the podcast, want to thank everyone who's been listening. Sorry for the delay, but it makes sense. Hopefully to you around holidays, just had a little bit of a little bit of delay and then just riding the wave of, uh, episode 10 had a great conversation with Cody. I think a lot of you folks got to check that out. If you didn't, definitely go back and, and listen to our conversation with Cody Deese, who's uh, become a good friend here in Atlanta. And uh, had, had fun with Cody, man. That was a really cool conversation. And Me and we got to get another one on the book soon. Yeah, we do. And his uh, Atlanta Becoming uh, event is going on, I think, August 5th. And uh, I'm going to be there and hopefully get to connect with some new folks and and load up the pipeline, if you will, uh, with some new guests. But definitely also want to just give a shout out to everyone who's been listening, those who have been with us from day one, and then certainly the new folks who have been more or less turned on to the podcast over the last month or so. Um, you know, on, on Podbean, you're kind of able to see where people are listening in from. And uh, all these states are kind of being highlighted th- people where like, I don't know anyone unless I do. So if you're listening from Kansas or Minnesota or Maryland or wherever else, um, you need to like speak up. No, not really, yeah. but, but, uh, actually genuinely, it'd be really cool to hear from you. Um, particularly if you're, you know, new to, to kind of this conversation, curious how you found out about us and, you know, we're not doing any sort of mass marketing, uh, outside of the couple million we spend on Facebook ads, but, um, you know, in general, not, not really plugging away anywhere. So always happy to hear, uh, you know, things getting passed along and hopefully these conversations have been helpful. Um, but wanted to, uh, take a kind of a bit of a different approach to this conversation and Steven, maybe just where I was thinking back to some of our early conversations in your living room or mine back in Athens, like five plus years ago. Um, you know, over time, uh, as many of you have experienced, your understanding, and we've talked about this, of course, your understanding of God and 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 who He is and and what the church looks like and uh, you know how to read the Bible, that all shifts and changes and hopefully grows as it should. Um, but this idea of discipleship and behind discipleship or along with discipleship, this idea of mission uh, also has really radically, for me, pretty radically changed form as 
and I like to think the heart hasn't changed much, but just given life circumstances and how things develop and play out, the reality is what we meant by discipleship in terms of how it's fleshed out and what it looks like on a day in day out basis or what your schedule looks like. Um, it just changes. I mean, I can remember being in conversations, uh, either one-on-one or even more broadly, like listening to sermons at conferences and stuff. And, and by the way, I think this is a valid, you know, in its own right, a valid assessment, but, or metric maybe, but the comment would be made like, you know, I can tell kind of, you know, whether or not you're a Christian or whether or not you're how invested you are in the kingdom and in God by, you know, looking at your checkbook and your schedule. And, um, it was just the idea. And again, valid on some level for sure. But if you looked at my schedule right now, like in terms of, <laughs> like my schedule is, you know, I'd be like a, a step from like paganism. Not really, but like your schedule when you have young kids and you're working full time and, you know, things just change. Like you're not a 19 year old college student taking like a degree that isn't going to get you very far with minimal <laughs> hours day to day where you had all this time and energy. And, and what's hard is not to, kind of throw it all out here at once. But part of what's challenging about that is we as individuals, I think, have to sort of come to grips with the fact that things aren't always going to look exactly how they've looked. And so moving through either guilt or anxiety or uncertainty with something that used to be very, very clear cut, this is what mission looks like. This is what discipleship looks like. This is how it shows up in the world um, versus being in your late 20s, early 30s with a with a really growing, busy family. Um I don't know, Stephen. What do you think about that kind of at a high level? I mean, this is something you're obviously it's, in the throes of. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's a, honestly, man, it's like a source of anxiety for me because I think about, especially, I mean, with just the stage in life that we've been in now, we um, we're we're you know blessed to be able to buy a, a house here in town, and um, it does. I mean, I remember back to like being on my sort of my very short stretch as a missionary in India, and and. The, the the things that I the vision that I was getting for myself is like what my life would be like oh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do this full time I'm gonna like you know move overseas and my life's gonna be it's gonna have all these crazy stories right I, I was gonna like someday a documentary be made about me I'd be all this you know I mean I'm exaggerating a little bit but I mean right. that, I, I did definitely have sort of this fantasy of like wow like this is this is what it means to be radical like and there was something about me being there and 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 the the I, I guess whatever sacrifices and stuff that it took that just made me feel like, okay, yeah, like now this is, this is the real deal. This is it. So, right. And so like, you know, to, you know, to, to 10 years later, 11 years later, uh, to, you know, be purchasing a home, kind of settling in, finishing a graduate degree, like you know, just sort of becoming like the guy that I, that I, in my journals, I would see like, you know, God, don't let me ever become just yes. another guy behind a white picket fence. And you know I, mean? I literally have a white yeah. picket fence. Yeah. I exactly. literally have one. I, I've got <laughs> like, it, it only covers half of my front lawn, but I have right. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've got to find the journals where I wrote stuff like that. Um, Dude. Yes. I, I, really, I had, and it wasn't, it wasn't like anybody, it wasn't like a weird thing. It was just, I, I was legitimately, I, w- I was finding such passion in life. I and mean, at the same time, there's also some like other, you know, some hard stuff going on, but, mm-hmm. uh, it just felt like, yeah, like this is it. Like this, this is radical. This is extreme. This is the only way to do it. This is what Jesus means when he says like, you know, come and take up your cross and follow me. So now, but now like those decisions, that's one thing when you're just, when, when my decision to do that, like just affected me, 
Right. But now when it's like, oh, I've got, you know, a marriage and a wife and, you know, to, to, to manage and I, not, not to, you know how wives are, you got to manage them, right? No, I have this, I have this, this, you know, this gift of a wife that, 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 I, that, I, that, you know, whatever I do now will affect her just Definitely. as much as, as, as it does me. And, and now I've got three kids, like people that, that, that depend on me for everything. Um, so, mm. you know, when I go to my family and say, Hey guys, guess what? You know, we're going to, we're going to give up everything and move to India. Like that's a harder sell now. Right. Uh, for including for me. And uh, people it's not, do it's that, not their fault. Right. Yeah. They, it's, some people it, do. We know, but yeah, we absolutely do. Totally. Yeah. And people do that. And we, it's just, it's wild. So, so, okay. We can, this is interesting. I, I'd like to think that those listening, I've experienced similar things. I'm trying to think of the best way to frame this. So going back, you know, one thing that's, there is something about when this journey of discipleship first starts that is, it's just, it's just perfect. Like someone asked me actually the other day, I was having a conversation with a friend who said, you know, if you were to go back knowing what you know now um, to, I think he was talking about college specifically, you know, if you were to go back to college in a leadership role in a ministry scenario, you know, what would you do differently? Or he might have even said, what would you do differently? Or, you know, what, do you regret anything or whatever? And I look back and there are definitely things I would have approached differently. But in general, what I said was, I'm so glad I didn't know what I know now back then. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a, there's a time and a season to be in that, you know, feeling like you're on fire, excited, passionate, yeah. no holds bar. Nothing is going to stop me. I have nothing but time, energy, you know, youth, naivety behind me. And I am like, just going to go. And um, so before we get into kind of how that changes and where it kind of falls off the rails with some of the black and white thinking, um, I just want to say right up front that even for those that are like in that right now, I don't know if they would even listen to this podcast, but for those who are like in the throes of it now that are, you know, either living overseas as a missionary or are, you know, in the process of like, some hardcore social justice work or are just pounding the pavement evangelizing college campuses. I give you mad credit, respect and love and also think that it's great that you're in that season of life because I can remember that season of life. And, um, I'm still frankly figuring out what in the world it looks like now. Like we are, I speak for myself, but I think it's similar for you. I'm not coming from a place where now I kind of know what this looks like and certain things are okay and certain things are not okay. I'm still grappling with the fact that the text is still the text and I'm having to like figure out what this looks like now. Yeah. But, yeah, but, totally, totally. You know what I'm saying? But, but I think to, to you know, I, I, I digress. I mean, the, the reality is that time for me, you're talking about, you talked about India. I think about, and I've mentioned this briefly, late high school, mid to late high school, going out and then taking a gap year. And I just think about, just some of the practices and some of just the cool and very, you know, I, I thought semi-radical or at least interesting things we did, not because anyone said anything to me. Like no one sat me down and said, here's what it means for you to follow Jesus today. You need to sell this thing. You need to go and sit with the poor. You need to go. It was like reading the text, being inspired by other examples and just getting out and, and trying to seek the kingdom first. And uh, that changed my life. And I think it did for you too. It totally did. And and, and I want to be clear. I mean, for those people who are overseas or not overseas, I mean, you know, to who who are, who are living sort of at the, at the extreme kind of, uh, 
on the on on at the extreme edge of the margins, you know, uh, really, really in the throes of of intense sacrifice and and, and challenge and, and things in missionary work. I mean, this is for some people it's not as easy. For some people, like it is like a calling. It's like it's their this is what they do. And yes. I think so. What I like. Whatever I'm about, whatever we talk about here, I hope that what's that what people don't hear like a oh that's fine, you know, eventually you'll grow out of it. Because really, what I want to talk about honestly is just how much anxiety I have over the fact that like I'm not doing that anymore. Like I used to. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that I'm doing this right. Like I'm not at all coming from a place of of like oh you know now that I've grown up and I right. see things better, you know I get it and that you know that's all for a season. No, literally I'm coming from like a I I I really could be wrong. Like I, there's a real possibility I could be wrong yes. on on a lot of this, and it makes me incredibly nervous. Well, yeah, and but not I even I could be up. wrong. Like I don't know if that I, I get your point. I think how I think about it is, like I have to trust that there's grace for me in this time, and that things are also not always going to be how they are right now. Like I was just talking to my wife about this yesterday. Like I used to put a really high price on morning time, you know. C- quiet times or time with God in the morning. Like that was really, really important. I would even call people out for like, you know, sleeping in and stuff like that. Um, For different reasons, not to get into all my personal stuff, but like I don't have mornings. Like I could get up, I could try to get up at like four, but when you're up most of the night, not most of the night, when you're up on and off with your kid and you're already going a bit late because like I'm not like twiddling my thumbs being lazy watching TV. Like I, it's actually like there's a, just this time of life is just different. I know in maybe in a year kids will sleep differently. I'll be able to like the schedules will shift and change. So part of, for me, like the, there has to be a trust that God under not only a, God understands, I don't have to be a Christian now. It's that, that not at all. It's just that this is going to ebb and flow. And you've actually helped me with this. Like even with stuff with like serving the poor, like I can think back, you know, so much of what I think I saw in the scriptures early on, um, and when I had, you know, when I was single, young, high school, right out of high school, is just this Jesus's radical sense of just being in the midst of being in the margins, just being in the margins and sitting in them with people. Um, and, and and for me, the call to discipleship when it came to the, you know, the kingdom, realizing the kingdom, seeing it in other people work. It was about, you know, Matthew 25. It really was like, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And when you have, for example, a wide open weekend when you're a senior in high school and there's nothing on the schedule besides your homework, you can start doing really creative, passionate, unique things. And like for, for us, I could tell you stories for hours, but you know, I think about, uh, you know, one example we used to rate, we used to, <laughs> we, me and well, I had a big van cause we had this band. Yeah. I had a band. <laughs> we had a, like a, an E three fifty van that we took the back seats out of. We had like bucket seats in the front and then two benches. And we took out the third bench to put our gear in. But what we would do with this van is me and my buddy, Chris and my brother, Nick, and a few other people sometimes, uh, would come along and we would do, we would have church. I lived in the suburbs in Philadelphia, but we would have church in the city. And so after church, we would raid, there was a Panera, there was a Panera. So Panera bread, like notoriously will throw out, like which makes sense. They're bread that's gone bad for that day. And they would throw out all this bread and granted to Panera's credit, there's a lot of Panera's that donate that bread. Like they know it's bad end of the day. And so you literally have like, like Santa Claus is coming to town bags full of like 
bagels and loaves of bread. Yeah. And what we would do is we would, on the back of my van, we would have these huge, we, 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 I, we've done it multiple times. One time I think we'd have this big bag of loaves of bread. And then we made this big container of soup and it was winter. And it was just me and my brother and a couple guys. And right after, after church on a Sunday, we'd get all our supplies together and we would just drive around the city aimlessly and just literally pull over onto the sidewalk when we saw someone sitting there in a wheelchair, open the back of the van, like it's a tag gun, like, like we're doing something like capturing kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> open the back of the van and just, and just sit with people and be like, Hey, can we make you like, we would make these bread bowls. Or I think about, we do it with hot chocolate too, but like for, yeah. but, but the goal wasn't like, we're going to do this. So that this person will come to my church or we're going to do it for a campaign because we're in the mood. Like, and not trying to pat myself on the back, but we would, this is just what we would do because something about sitting with people, like even just for a moment, giving them bread or giving them like for mission for me was about going to those people on the margins, having discussions. And it wasn't like, you really need this bread. It was, can this be a vehicle for communion together and for an opportunity just to connect like a white upper middle class guy from the suburbs connecting with, you know, someone from a total other end of the spectrum in the gutter, um, having a conversation, like sitting on the back of my, in the back of my van, like eating bread. So, but, but, and doing that for like hours on a Sunday. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't, I can't, I can, I probably could do that. I could probably load up the car seats, put them all in my car, bring Jenna along. Like we could probably go do that and it'd be great. Um, not that that's like the goal or the end goal, but the reality is like that, that, that there's not really a mechanism for that in my life and that rhythm in my life today. Right. But, but maybe it's going to look a little bit different. You know, I, I was, I used to do stuff with Macy, uh, when she was just born she, I mean, she was, she couldn't sit up yet. So I'd go, it was the winter time. So she was probably about six months or so. Um, and, uh, we would go, uh, I'd go downtown. I'd go to like, I go to like a Dunkin' Donuts drive through and I'd just stock up on like donuts and coffee or bagels yeah. and coffee, whatever. And then I'd go downtown <laughs> and one time, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that. Like, and and I brought, I brought I brought Macy with me, so like we'd pull over the, the people who want to see the baby. I, I I knew where the homeless shelters were in town, so yeah. like I could go. I kind of knew knew the stops, and and they generally like the the shelters. A lot of them have to be out of there by like seven seven thirty. So we'd get out around eight eight thirty. It's still really cold. Yeah. Um, but you can pass stuff out on a Saturday, and uh, this one time, because I mean I I I. I I'm just, I, this is just one of those instances where it's like, I'm trying to connect with how do I do this with a family? Like, how do I, yes. I, I do believe that there is something when I, when I, when I read the Bible and I see what you just did just in his life and I see, you know, how, um, j- just, just the, the effect of his message. I mean, just reading the Beatitudes even, I, mean, I, mm. I, I you feel compelled to try and, um, and, and, and become a, 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 a person that, that meets people in the margins, not in some kind of a weird, like, you know, heroic way, but right, in just stay, just stay trying to meet people there. So I, I went out there and one, one time I, uh, actually was, you, you knew this guy that, that I was meeting, right? We don't have to share any names on him, but, um, I came out and there's this older gentleman right downtown. I gave him, I had a bunch of blankets too. I stocked up on a bunch of blankets. So I got a blanket, passed out some coffee and this guy came across the street and he was like, Oh, Hey man, like, can I come to you? Can I get something? And he comes up 
And uh, this guy was older than the other guy. There's one guy who was like in his, I don't know, 40s, I guess. And then the, the other guy was in his like 70s. So this older guy comes across the street and I'm holding my daughter in a, um, nice. like in a, in, in a car seat, you know, yeah. kind of bouncing around trying to keep her from crying and passing out bagels and coffee and whatever. And, and this dude pulls out a, like a switchblade. <laughs> so it's not he funny, let, but that's the first thing I think of. It, it, it was like, I mean, it completely freaked me out. Right. So the guy, the, I, I, and what happened was he like, he didn't want this guy coming up on his territory. There's some kind of weird like territory battle going on. Oh, got it. And he like pulled out this blade. Was like, "Hey man, you better get out of here. You got well, yeah, yeah." And and he starts like <laughs> like coming up on this old guy. And there's no chance this old guy. He can't run. He was crippled. And so like, wow. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like this guy can get like filleted in front of me and my daughter. Like what? <laughs> just this bizarre situation, right? So then it, it's one of those things. And I don't know what you do with that. Like, how do you? You know, you can't protect your family forever. And I mean, things were fine. I mean, he, we, he calmed down and, but it did like, it, it kind of hit me. It was like, whoa, okay. These, these types of things that I used to do, even to something as simple as this, right. When oh it turns, gosh. it means something so different. Yeah. And, and what was the story? Tell me the story about the guy you gave a ride with. You. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Well, I had to tell my, I wasn't going to tell my wife that it happened, but then I would, I'm going to preface this by saying like, I don't think anyone should try to be a hero. And by scenario. saying, sorry, Jenna, for not telling you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I told her, I told her that okay. I, I told her a few hours later. Cause I was like, you know what, whatever. No, I had, I had my two kids in the car and we were at, this is recently we were at, um, no, last winter we were at like a Barnes and Noble or something. And we were, Jenna had to run in and get something. So we're waiting in the car and this guy comes up, um, to the car I was getting something out of the trunk. I think the kids wanted a snack or something. We had some food. I was getting out of the car, and um, <clears throat> I, I essentially he came up to me. He had like, um, he looked, he looked shady, but he looked fine. Like I don't really see the shady like I do, and it's not because like I don't see. It's because not because I'm above it. I just genuinely like don't really mind. For me, and I could tell you stories for years, you know, going back to kind of crazy things I've been a part of. But so the guy comes up to me, definitely looks a little shady. I'm just like, what's going on, man? How's it going? Shake his hand, try to have like some human connection. And he asked for food. He's like, do you have anything? I was like, yeah. And I gave him a banana. And he said, hey, man, I really need a ride to Marta. I guess it was. I need a ride to the train. And the train station is pretty close. Can you help me out? And I'm thinking, okay, Jenna's inside. She's checking out a book um, or buying a book for a friend. We're waiting. Do I have two minutes? See, because it's, it's about these little, like I'm realizing now, man, it's just about these little tiny windows, these tiny opportunities. What will you do in the little moments? It's not going to be feeding the 5,000. Like, I'm sorry. So what, like he, it's freezing cold. He has a limp. It's like middle of the night. It's not middle of the night. It's like 9 PM or whatever, 8 PM. Can you drive me to the station? Well, I'm like, sure. So I'm like, okay, hurry up. Like, Jenna, we'll go before. I was like, I text Jenna. I'm going to the train. I'll be back. Both kids are in the back. Both right? kids are in the backseat. I'm about to bring him in the car. And then I realized the guy is strapped. Like, he has a freaking <laughs> pistol on his belt. And I just, like, call it out. I'm like, dude, oh, come on, man. I literally said it like that. I was like, come <laughs> on, man. You have a pistol on your belt? Like, like I like what in the world like and I I, I tend to like trust people probably too much I'm like hey man like you're not gonna hold me up and steal my car are you and of course that doesn't matter what his answer would be but of course he says no he's like no no I'm like dude I have kids in the car like do not play games with me or I will be opening this door and pushing you out and um he's like no 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 no, no we're good so right so in that moment I have to go oh dude you have a gun like no 
Or like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Right. And, but yeah, I also yeah. was like, of course, part of me is like, yeah, man, like I want this guy with a gun in my car because like, there's something like about the kind of edginess yeah. of it. And part of it was like, I wanted to tell you this story, but the other part of it was just like, but you're right. You're met with sort of this, these choices. And, you know, I, going back to that thing about the, or, you know, the little opportunities, but then going back, like when you had, when I had time, um, I still have time, but when, when, when life was different, I didn't have the, yeah. to use your language, I was responsible for me. And of course I didn't want to like die or do anything super dangerous, but in general, like it, I don't have a wife. I have no kids. I'm not committed to anybody. You know, when I graduated high school, we, we decided to take a year off and we were going to travel with, I had a band, we were going to tour full time, felt like that wasn't really our calling anymore. Not that it ever was, but we felt like I was really in the throes of sort of a, not that the band's our calling, shut up, you're going to make a joke. Um, no, but feeling like, feeling like I wanted to, I was in the throes of just so much I reading. I remember reading Shane Claiborne's Irresistible Revolution. I remember reading some Tony Campbell. Oh my gosh. Reading yeah. Brian McLaren, just like, even some early Jesus Rob for Bell president, stuff. Man. Jesus Wreck for president, like his. Wreck me. Yeah, so I was like, man, Irresistible Revolution is like really what had me getting creative because Shane and some of those like Anabaptist, new monastic guys, um, Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, I'm thinking, and yeah. uh, uh, Tom Seen, who we've talked about, and you know, um, what's that other book? The classic. Um, Rich Christians in the Age of Hunger by Ron Sider. Oh my Sider. gosh, yes. Like, all those books, like, I, I remember reading yeah. them, like, okay, we gotta get, because the whole deal was creativity. It was like, man, I gotta get creative, and how can I get creative about the kingdom, and uh, and the good news of the gospel, and, and the gospel of the poor, to be specific. And so anyway, we decided that we were gonna take, I wasn't gonna apply to college or anything. My brother and I, who was a year behind me in school, decided he would do a year, his his a full year online, finish his senior year online, and then I would um, just take a gap year. And we also had another friend. And we decided we were just gonna travel the country um, city to city. My idea was just be, we were gonna be homeless, basically, that we were gonna live. I read this book called Under the Overpass, and I can't remember the author. He was a, a Christian guy who wanted to basically get out of the suburbs and spent five months or six months going city to city, totally homeless without a dime, um, and just living just living that life and trying to experience that and understand that and empathize. And no. it's a very real account. I remember reading that. I was like, man, I want to do that. I want to go home, be homeless. And I, I had all this idea. I want to live with the Amish and I want to go live on an Indian reservation and just kind of get out and see some di- different experiences. And my brother, who is really passionate, you know, missionary, particularly when it came to like college campuses and evangelizing like young men and women, he wanted to go college to college. And, you know, he appreciated the homeless thing, but it's really about for him what he was passionate about reaching people on college campuses. And so we merged it, right? And did ended up doing a nine month, 22,000 mile trip around the country, really just being led, how we phrase it, you know, being, and what I believe, being led by the spirit to kind of go to and fro. And the stories from there, I can tell forever, but as well. But but part of that, I say all that to Didn't say- you guys like eat out of trash cans and oh stuff? Oh my gosh. That- like, dude, it was just a disaster. We would, <laughs> I can drop another Panera story. What we would do is we would go into the Paneras and we would, you know, you, you can get the bread bowl that has soup in it. Like they carve out yeah. a hole in the other two. Well, no one ever eats the bread bowl. They just yeah, eat the soup. it's like 6,000 carbohydrates. Yeah, and it's, it's like a loaf of bread. But when you don't have much um, and you're kind of like just going day to day, we would like go, we would go into Panera and we'd like use the Wi-Fi, buy a coffee, use the Wi-Fi, and then like... Uh, 
we would take the um, bread bowl, the the bread bowls out of the trash and, and basically get out as fast as possible and, and eat those. But, but you know, and, and that was like when the $5 foot long of Subway was the thing. And also like the economy crashed and Obama gotten off. This was in 08. And uh, so it was a really unique time. But, um, it, you know, I, there's more stories. Remember, we, we, we wanted to spend a couple nights like homeless, like out on the street. We did that. I think we were in Jackson, Mississippi when we did that. Um, you know, do, do kind of, we would show up in a city with no money and say like, man, we, like, we just are faithful that God is going to show up and someone's going to like buy us a hotel room or something. And we would literally go door to door saying, Hey, we feel like, you know, we just want to help, you know, we're doing this trip. We just want to connect with folks and, you know, just curious if you have anything like you can help us out with. And a guy like gave us $50 and said, go to this hotel. Like I, we used to tell stories forever about being, and there's nothing inherently like faithful about that or Christian-y. I, I, it, it was nothing besides Jesus who says, don't take anything with you on the journey. Don't take an extra sack or a, um, a, a food or extra clothes or extra money. Just just go out and trust me. Even though I believe now looking at that, 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 that was for a time and a place, right? I, yeah. I feel like in that moment, I was like, let's just go and do that. Because when you put yourself out there, you're able to experience God and experience other people in a way that you can't when you're just managing your religion, going to church Sundays and Wednesdays and maybe even Fridays if you're spiritual, um, you know, that, that then versus like being on the road. I mean, we would do these like mini banquet things. I remember like we'd go to a, a campus ministry. I remember we did this in San Antonio. It was really fun. I don't remember if it was breakfast or lunch. Um, and if, uh, if Cameron... Um, Blakely's listening who wrote me the other day. I, I don't remember if Cameron was there or not, but we did. I remember we did this um, like big thing in this main town square in San Antonio where we had tons of food and it was either, I think it was breakfast. I could be wrong, but, or, or lunch, it was either tacos or like eggs and like tons of food right in this core kind of area. Cause it was a part of, we wanted it to be like a public display, not of our righteousness, but of fellowship between like a bunch of, you know, college kids and, the folks that were like hurting and living on the street in the city. And we would have this big meal and it wasn't, we're going to go feed the homeless and pass out tracts or we're going to, you know, feed them and then watch them sit there. Like we're going to partake. We're going to have a conversation and a meal with them. And something about that fellowship and opportunity to, to do that with other people. Like it was a God thing for us. Like it was like something happened in our hearts and hopefully in their hearts that, you know, is, is kind of evidence of this treasure in this field that Jesus talks about. So what, I love those stories, man. We could talk about these stories for hours. Dude, I did. We would do that in Athens too. Like, so when when I remember connecting and this is like how Jenna and I first connected in Athens is, uh, my now wife, for those who don't know, you know, they had this, um, actually this is kind of a cool thing. And this is, they're doing like a 10 year anniversary of this, but my, my buddy started a group called Athens PBJs, which is in, in Athens where they would pass out sack lunches, like peanut butter and jelly. It literally meant peanut butter and jelly. Like they would go out, it was Christians. And then eventually it became this missionary thing where they would take like fraternity, like Greek life people who didn't know anyone in the city, like in terms of hurting needs and merge and like bring them together with the poor and have these meals. So we would, um, Athens PBJs and then it was, uh, started by my buddy. And then we came out and we wanted to do stuff with the poor as well. And so we decided, you know, we used to go basically make a bunch of lunches and dinners, like in a, in a brown paper bag. And then we'd get in the car and we, and then downtown in Athens, which is tiny, we would walk, just walk block to block looking for people, pass it out. Hey, here's, you know, here's this bag. We love you. We love Jesus, something goodbye. But then we decided to shift that to where rather than passing stuff out and then leaving, it was, why don't we like set up shop and have this mini 
ta- you know, open table meal together. Like, why don't we actually like make the food, make hot food? Why don't we make better quality food? Let's put it in these big vats and bring like 10 or 15 kids out and then set up in front of, at that time it was in front of a, what's the main diner right there on the corner? I forget, not the varsity, whatever they call it, the main thing. And let's just like set up here and people would come and we would have this meal. And the thought was like, we're not discipling the homeless, but we're, we're having conversations. We're sitting on the sidewalks. Like we're actually trying to, to be unified. And we did the same thing under the North Avenue bridge in Athens, like where a bunch of homeless people, I think they all got kicked out now, but there would be like 15 people under there and we'd bring like pots of hot food and even like our campus minister and like these different people who had never really experienced that side of, of Athens in that way, not because they weren't spiritual, they just didn't have like a means or a technology to do it actually were then a part of that. And it was sort of this mutual discipling, um, kind of seeing God in the other conversation. I don't know if they saw God in us, but, but we certainly saw God in the practice and, and in some of these people. I, I, I think it's interesting is how, uh, it's so easy to compare like the current stage or the current time using the rubric of, of, of those times. Right. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Explain that. Unpack that. So, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got like way more stories than I do, but I think, um, you know, it, it is, it's, it's part of the thing. One of the things that I think makes me so nervous about, well, not enough. Okay. Well, one, okay. Like I, I like legit, I'm just a nervous guy in general. You probably don't know that about me. Sure, yeah, never do. <laughs> uh, you know, I there, there there's no like um, you can't plug yourself in and like just run a dyad code and see how you're doing. Yes. Right. So you you know the, uh, it's not like an engine light comes on when you're not doing well spiritually, and you go into the church, they plug you in, they go, oh well, here's your problem. Yep. So it's totally possible that like you could be actively engaged in, in patterns in life that are just leading to destruction. I mean, the Proverbs say that there's a way that seems right to a man, mm-hmm. but in the way it, it leads to death, um, or in the end it leads to death. So, you know, I, 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 I'm always kind of, I guess, wondering, okay, I'm on the right path, what kind of habits for am I forming, you know, where am I headed? And, and it's easy for, for that, for that to quickly become a, 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 a way that I should just gauge my current, place or state state status whatever using my the 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 events in the past so well you know i'm not you know gosh like you know i used to be willing to you know or used to to live off of this much money well i can't live off that much money now and Mm. and and we used to be able to do uh you know um you know we used to be able to do all this kind of stuff we used to be able to uh uh, you know go travel here or you know i mean should i be willing there are plenty of people who honestly are more sacrificial who do more with their kids who just you know, suck it up and go and do stuff mm-hmm. and, and with, with families. Right. So, um, but, and, and it's, it's easy for me to kind of use those stories from my past and as kind of the, as the high bar. Yes. Um, but I'm really, I mean, I guess right, right now, at least like I'm, I'm not going to reach that, um, for whatever reason. I mean, you know, I, it's just not going to happen. And, and, I think one of the things, and I, I, I want to be sensitive with this too, because mission and the mission stuff, I, I feel more, I feel weirder and weirder about it as time goes by somewhat. I mean, like with short-term missions. Yes. Um, mission trips. Yeah. I, I don't think they're bad. Um, 
I think a lot of people who have you know sort of deconstructed stuff and 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 you know come out the other end or whatever. Uh, I hear a lot. I hear a lot of sort of negative talk then about missions and about how you know it's just you know bad and and you know uh, ethnocentric or or you know just pompous or colonial or whatever. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's some truth to that, um, but I do think there's there's some legitimate good. Um, but a lot of times I think that the we're just not really aware. Like for me, when I went to India, I did, I, it was a, it was the time when the sort of like the one year challenge is becoming like a thing. Yeah. Um, this Which idea ex- that you go ahead and explain for this idea that like when you graduate college, uh, and, and, and the community of faith that we were in, um, there was this idea spreading that like, Hey, when you graduate college, like take it like your gap year, take a year. And so when you graduate high school, take a year when you have no commitments and, and go give a year of your life away somewhere. You know, yeah. go to a church and a ask church. where the needs are. Go, you know, whatever. So people, people would go overseas. People would do whatever. And of course, I went overseas. And 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 you know, uh, and you know, looking back on it, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see sort of the naive, ethnocentric, missionary colonialism. You know, like there's there's a billion people in India or whatever, and then you know what they really needed was a white kid who was 18, right? right. <laughs> But I came there to help, um, and and I had you had these amazing experiences. But now, from where I'm, at, like I'm in a different stage, and so and I'm not the same person anymore. So even like the question of you know, well, what what do you wish that you that you that you could tell yourself back then? Mm-hmm. It, it sort of assumed the question even itself kind of assumes that like the the self is this sort of stable construct over time that like right. yourself could go to yourself. And it would be the same self back then, mm. but it's not like it's you're not. literally, I mean, it's not even like at the cellular level, right? Like there's literally not you're a literally cell not in your, the same person. There's literally not a, like not a cell in your body that was there. Um, back then That's wild. You're, you're completely different. But I think um, those mission trips though, the one thing I want to say is the purpose that they serve, like you always look back on that as a life changing experience. Right. So, I do. Absolutely. so, so how you value it, maybe at the time, like I'll speak for myself in Haiti or elsewhere, um, went to Haiti on multiple occasions, ultimately moved there, relocated with my wife. We were there for a little period of much shorter than we thought. And frankly, that's a whole nother discussion around your identity yeah. and all right. You were with me through that whole process, um, as a friend. And, you know, I think if you, but those experiences, it's one thing if you go, I'm doing this for them and they need me either implicitly or explicitly, but it's another thing to go and say, you know, frankly, I'm going to be formed as well. And I think yeah. there's part of that mission where I do encourage people with the missionary stuff is it will change your life. Like, yeah. you know, like spare yourself the Facebook like profile pics with the orphans. But if you can like yeah. pause that and like guilty, right? But it, but if you can if, if you can pause that back when I had Facebook, um, if you could <laughs> if you could stop that and instead like maybe not go that road, but but still put yourself out there, like it's a it is it's a life change, and that goes back to my point about like the season of life, that time, like it's valuable, um, and, and so this is an ongoing conversation. Obviously, we're still like I'm learning about what this means for me. Like we have yeah. tons of stuff going on in the city. Like I live in a relatively poor neighborhood, not because I'm a saint, but because I could afford a house. You know, I I'm part of the frankly white gentrifying thing in an up and coming neighborhood. Like I'm just, I'm part of that story. I'd I'd like to think I'm a little different. I'd like to tell myself that I'm going to be engaged with my neighbors and, and maybe I am, you know, but we're still on that journey. Um, 
but for those who are listening, so, you know, maybe we can kind of do uh, shift the conversation a little bit um, what, uh, and turning more to evangelism. Mm. You know, I think like, cause obviously some listening are like, well, you're talking about mission, but you have all you've been talking about is, you know, the needs of other hurting poor people, but maybe that's a bigger conversation on mission and shout out to the person who mentioned us talking about mission. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and have another episode about the theology of mission another time, but you know, to, to use another side of the coin or to go into another side of the coin with evangelism, um, how has for you, your understanding of commitment to evangelism, which is obviously biblical, obviously a part of the gospel, um, and part of a huge part of what mission is about, coming from a church, a community of faith where that was very strong and and very, frankly, in many ways, successful and and clearly something that was, you know, valued and and, and had a huge impact on our life and a lot of our best friends. that certainly changes, right? Because all of a sudden you're not, you're not in college with, you know, every night free a week and what have you. So maybe Stephen, can you kind of talk about your experience with some of that? And cause I, but I do want to talk about also now kind of how, what, how this looks, what it looks like now. Cause for me, it's pretty radically different. Uh, yeah. I think I'm tracking with you. I mean, I think, so, oh, so let me say this. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, we're growing up like in, in like in campus ministry, for example, you know, evangelism meant whether it was like explicitly, I mean, stated or, or, or not, it was, it, it was just generally, I thought of it as like evangelism was going out and, and sharing my, like trying to get, trying to help other people see that they're, see one, their separation from God and two, realize that there was a way to, to fix that separation, namely a relationship with Jesus and, and, you know, how you fix and, and and the conversion process and all that. Um, I don't think that was as bad. It was bad or wrong. Um, but one one kind of mechanism that I have noticed in myself, and again, this is in myself. This is not like the product of some sort of deep indoctrination process. Uh, and and well, and and the more I think about it, and the more I kind of read or learn about it, it seems to be sort of a, a normal process. Is that in those years, like in, in your, your teens, your twenties, you I, like part of development, Richard War even says that like part of, part of sort of a coming of age, like if, if at that level, it's sort of 15 to in your early twenties. Like if you don't, if you don't latch on to something bigger than you, mm. then you get, you'll, you'll, you'll get sort of just stuck in this loop of, 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 you know, always trying to find something, but never, never can. And, mm. but, but interestingly, so I, I, so I did. So the evangelism kind of gave me that. There, there was a, um, it, it was a way that I could that I could interact in the world where I I was the solution, and I, and not in like an arrogant weird way. Right. Just literally like, hey, like I have found profound meaning and and depth in a relationship with Jesus, and there is legitimate genuine hurt in the world, and I want I wanted to help. I wanted to you know people to have that. Um, so that was a good thing, but I think also at the same time, sort of in parallel or, or just all, you know, mixed up in it was this, um, this sort of addiction to being the hero. Uh, mm. and so, and there was, there was some of that, I think, even like in my missions trip, I, I don't think this was bad. Nobody, nobody told me to do this. This was, this is like normal stuff, like growing up. Um, but, uh, we all 
really, I mean, we all, we, we all like to tell stories where we're the hero, right? And that's how a lot of like, that, that is, I think that's one of the legitimate critiques of short-term missions is that it's often framed very heroically uh, as though we're coming there to really make this profound difference. And, and certainly good can be done, but I think a lot of that good is generally done in the hearts of the people who came mm. uh, and not so much in the, with, with the, with the people who were, who were there before. So um, I think, so now as I, as I think about it, um, trying to, Gosh, trying to, so what, your question was, what does it mean for me now to evangelize? Is that basically your question? Yeah, more or less. And, and curious, you know, even beyond the kind of the theology and the, the meaning, yeah. even just how it plays out, how you see it playing out in your life in, in well, a different mode of life now. So if you, I mean, so evangelism, the, 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 the root word there comes from, you know, the word for like for gospel, for good news. And so for me, like even just the, just the, the, the news has changed. Like the story I'm telling people has changed. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And, and do we need to do an episode on like, we do. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, we, there's like a Some ton of people can bring on to do that. Yeah. 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 We need be great. That. Stay tuned. So, um, you know, I don't, the way, so I think the, 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 the big shift for me and how I think about it is that the problem the gospel is addressing is not primarily my lostness, my sin, my separation from God, or yours, or you know, it, it, it's the 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 problem that my that that the that, that the gospel is addressing or, or or speaking to is the fact that we live in a world that has been enslaved, so to speak, by these principalities and powers that use Paul's language, and I'm I'm going to just grossly, you know, steal other people's ideas. None of this is original, um, but. Uh, to me, and so now I think it makes more a lot more sense for me now to think about how this the world being a place where, you know, violence, pride, arrogance, you know, uh, avarice, envy, strife, struggle, conflict, ego stuff. Uh, we live in a world now where like that's 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 the dominant force. I mean, for crying out loud, the United States, we the person we elected for president, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with, with our choice there. Um, you know, when the, this guy's not exactly like the image of Christian character, right? <laughs> but there is something I think sort of enlightening and almost prophetic. It's sort of, it's a mirror for us to see what's happened. Hmm. Um, and so we live in a world that, that is, I think, enslaved, but with these, you know, powers and stuff and, uh, uh, and, and, and in the middle of that, the good news though, is that actually, you know, Jesus is the ruler of the world. Jesus is Lord, and what that means now is that like power is flipped on its head. I mean, we have we have we have to unpack all this. I really can't go in all the way, but you need to one. You need to check out Richard Beck's post on the Experimental Theology blog from yesterday. What was yesterday? That was oh, the Bonhoeffer the, one. Oh, dude, it was so good. Oh my god, it's still experimentaltheology.blogspot.com. So if you've never <laughs> listened or read, I mean, if you never read Richard Beck, yeah, um, you can repent and be baptized uh, today. His, uh, his 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 post from the 17th of July was really really good but so now the way I think about it is okay how can I well how can I structure my life what types of of, 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 of how can I spend my resources how can I organize my life what kinds of habits can I get into what kind of family culture can I create yes it becomes a demonstration that 
that the 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 seat of power in the world is not with those who have the means to coerce and you know force their way or whatever it's actually with those who are most willing and most free to give of themselves mm. because that's what we see in Jesus right so and and i think that's the whole shift that has to happen with you know the the like the ego or our our sort of sinful nature's addiction to being the hero um you know like for mission what 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 i'm trying to do now is i'm trying to trying to live my life in a way that actually i be i put myself in a receptive posture with people at the margin see it it, it used to be that i would go to and frankly it still is a lot of times uh, i will go to people at the margin so to speak whatever that is spiritually spiritually financially, socially financially, yep. yeah socially whatever and I would come and I would give and I would give and I would give. But I think the real test is can I can I come to that place and put myself in a receptive posture? Wow. Can I come to the place and, and, and receive relationship? Not as the missionary coming from on high and divesting myself of all of my glory, but as just a, as a person coming to receive whatever God can give me in the connection and genuine relationship with somebody that I, under their principalities and powers, would have no relationship with whatsoever. Mm. Like that's Dude. that's the Ephesians too. Like the the dividing walls of hostility are just falling down. Like that's that's the gospel. Gosh, man, that's not at all the question. The answer I thought I'd get from my question. What do you think? I, would, what, what you thought you were gonna get? I thought you were gonna say like I used to evangelize like a hundred people a year, and now it's ten. 15 to 20. No, I'm just <laughs> no, dude, that's that's rich, man. Well, maybe we can so uh, best way to th- there's so much there. That's fantastic. You know, what I was going to say for myself in a very short word is you know, you go from I think as time goes on, the the importance of quality and depth um increases versus quantity and yeah. speed. Right? Like I just mm-hmm. feel like in general how fast, how many was the question I was asking. Yeah. Um, and now maybe the question I'm asking is who and where and, and how, and how can I just walk alongside someone? You know, I think it's kind of the shift from <clears throat> the shift from, from go and make disciples and kind of using that language of go, go out, go out and do this, like yeah. leave what you're doing, drop it and go and do it to in your going, which I think there's a strong case to be made in, in some of the original language that, you know, as you go or in your going, make disciples, um, sort of like as you walk, um, walk alongside others, like bring others as in a part of that, that journey with you. And so the, the receptivity that you're talking about is unique. And I found that kind of when I'm the strongest relationships, man, we'll have to talk about this again. Like I think about there are a lot of people I helped like come to the faith in college, um, and a lot of them like couldn't care less now. And a lot of them maybe yeah. could, you know, are still interested in Jesus, but not as a part of my tribe, you know, whatever it might be. And there are things I look back on that I probably would have done differently, but I look back on what's lasted. It's the relationships built on love, sincerity, the fruits of the spirit, patience, uh, certainly being one of them and, uh, building with the kind of philosophy, not philosophy as much as posture that you, that you just described. So, you know, for those of us, um, were you about to say something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, just for a second, I, I really liked like what you said earlier about how it's like those little it's those little moments. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can you know, kind because of, yeah. it used to kind of feel like 
I used to kind of feel like, like, oh, you know, you don't want to cast your pearls before swine. Like, you know, this is if, if it's not going to produce anything, then then mm. don't, you know, don't waste your time. Um, and and I'm not uh, that, that again. That was not like what everybody taught me. This is just sort of how this I would what, think. Yeah, it's yeah, like right. it's like the internal struggle, right? Like, yeah. okay, should I keep it? Should I keep it giving here? Could I be doing something better? Um, but now, I, I, I mean, I, I think, like for example. Have the, having kids and stuff now. The only really the only type of evangelism I feel like I can really do regularly is is that sort of small, just creating, like getting getting my family into habits where yes, you know, we're 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 building friendships with people, or we're you know we're um, you know I, I mean there's like so for example there, there's some, there's just some older folks in the neighborhood that that you know. Uh, that, that we that, that we become friends with. I mean, they become legitimate friends with, and and and, and I, I don't know what will come of that. And we haven't studied the Bible together. I haven't asked them anything about whether they know Jesus or whatnot. But but uh, there is something about I guess just being willing. I mean, Richard Beck says this a lot. He says that you know, oftentimes like missionary work is is it's more about just drinking bad coffee in, in stale basements than you know. Yes. You know, being out in some desert somewhere in some extreme, you know, dramatic story. But I could tell it's you a desert those... story, by the way. Yeah, yeah. What? I could tell you desert stories all day. Dude, as well. you could go on stories forever. I, I, I literally, we could just, we just have like a, no, like that an, was just I, too like self-glorifying. No, because everyone's gonna be like, wow. And I'm gonna go, man, those were the good old days yeah. when I was a Christian. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but that's a good point. It's not. It's not the glorious. Is that a 65 inch TV back there? Oh my gosh. Dude, I used to I call. That. I used to call people out. <laughs> I used to call people out. For, I'm so embarrassed. I called out this guy who housed us. He let us stay this house. His TV was so big in my mind. I made a comment. How big was it? I don't. <laughs> is that a sound? <laughs> I I literally was like, I almost made a comment. I think I, I did. I said something. Like, oh man, I was about to lose respect for you if I saw your book. Dude, I said, I said, you're like the 18 year old. Yes. How old is this guy? Like in his 30s? No, he was a dad. He was like in his 40s. He was like oh a mature gosh. Christian, like elder guy. <laughs> Dude, I was arrogant, man. Like, yeah. I, that yeah. could be part of the outtakes. But you're to, back to your point to round out the conversation. The little things, those it's it's the non glorious, unglamorous things that no one sees. It's the those smaller things. And frankly, that's you know, we didn't talk a lot about sustainability, but it's. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, unless you're going to, you know, to avoid both the burnout and this sense of like overriding sense of guilt, like I'm just not where I used to be or doing what I used to do. And I got to get back. I got to get back and I'm unhappy. And maybe I should just, you know, forget this whole family thing and just go live on the road and go be the, you know, yeah, it doesn't get you super far. Like these, these things have to be reimagined. And to my, back to my point about creativity, I think it's, it's really, I mean, I get excited thinking about where things will go and what it looks like for in a family context. And, you know, also try to stay pretty true to, you know, we were just with good friends who are such a good example of the modesty and simplicity and just representing the kingdom well. And I think there's ways to do that, um, totally. that are, you know, powerful and may or may not involve like eating out of Panera trash cans and stuff like that. <laughs> the dumpster diving. You know, I had a guy in Athens come to me and be like, Hey man, I saw you dumpster diving behind earth fair 10 years ago. <laughs> I kid you not. It was a guy in Athens. He's like, "Hey man, I saw you dumpster diving." I think I'm, he's like, "Do you used to dumpster dive behind Earth Fair?" I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "Like 2009." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. What were you? He's like, "I was working construction across the street." 
Oh yeah, Earth Fair. We used to get so. I had a competition with a guy once. I was so arrogant. We were in Seattle. No, we were in Bellingham, which is north of Seattle. This guy's like, guys, we should order pizza. And I'm like, I don't want to spend money. This is part of me just being cheap. I don't want to spend money on pizza. It's the hero story, man. I said, give me an hour. If I can find, there were five of us. I said, I literally said, give me an hour. If I can find more food for free in an hour than we would have ordering pizza, we're not ordering pizza. <laughs> so I literally sprinted around the city. I came back with like, I found this grocery store. I literally came back from the dumpster, like boxes of apples, like these Pillsbury croissant roll things, like tons and tons of food that even I was like, I really don't even want to eat this, but I wanted to make a point. I think yeah. if Derek's listening, he's probably not, but if he is, he'd remember this story. And I just dumped it all on the thing. And I was like, I just got like three bags. I got like $30 worth of food in an hour behind. And we ordered pizza. <laughs> away fun, from me man. i never knew you i know exactly those are fun so, times a hero story sours man like it's possible to do all the radical stuff but to do it from such an anxious place mm. that you kind of defeat the purpose totally totally that's wild man I love it. Well, hey, everyone listening in, thanks for bearing with us for an hour. Hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Stay tuned. In the, in the coming weeks, we're having a guest we're really, really excited about. I won't name drop, um, but having a, a really unique uh, individual leading a church actually on the West Coast who's uh, agreed to come on and talk to us about a number of very fun things. Uh, so in the, in the spirit of being incredibly vague, um, we're in the process of nailing down those details, but stay tuned. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. And, and it, for those listening, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, if you have any particular ideas, topics, thoughts, uh, feel free to send us an email, laitypodcast at gmail.com or use SpeakPipe, which Stephen loves. You can Speak find pipe. that online. <laughs> and the last thing I was going to say, if people have ideas for folks that we should have on, yeah. um, even if you don't know them and you're just like watching them from the other side of Twitter, feel free to send them our way as well. Because there's um, a good chance they know us. Because so. <laughs> there's a good chance we have a mutual connection <laughs> through like Rick Warren or one of our other yeah. good friends. <laughs> Hey, Ricky. Hey, yo, Ricky. Between him and uh, Piper, we can we could call in the big guns. <laughs> um, hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Steven, have an awesome night, man. And yeah, uh, you too, man. we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.